Praise God. Well, we are celebrating our 16th anniversary as a church today. Uh, we started, it was September uh, 16th, 2007. Sometimes I glitch. I'm like, because we got engaged on September 19th. Okay, it's September 16th. Yes. And so I'm like, it's 16th and 19th. Sometimes I go in my brain. But September 16th is when we started um, the church 2007. And um, I mean, in some ways that's hard to believe that it was 16 years, but in other ways it's like it seems like longer. You know, it's like one of those things where it doesn't seem so long. But um, it seems both. I mean, when I look at, we're going to show some, show some pictures and stuff. When I look at those pictures, it seems like a world away in some ways. Um, why don't we go ahead and uh, I'll show just one as we uh, get going. Just put up the, the first one. We're going to, we'll come back to these. But this is when we graduated. I graduated, and so I went to Rama. Uh, 2003, graduated in 2005, and then 2006, and uh, went to the second-year pastors. They had a two-year program, and then they had started a three-year, third-year program before that. I don't know how many years. They had been doing it for a few years. It was a very focused program. They had they, they limited specifically to 20, 25 people, so you're very hands-on. You just you met in the same classroom every week, same people, and they would instruct you on all kinds. We had pastors come in from all over the country. We went to churches all over Tulsa, all denominations, see how they did things. Um, all the ordinances of the church, we did, you know, ran through weddings, funerals, water baptisms, just all the nuts and bolts and everything. So we did that third year. And so this is the, the spring of, um, this is May 2006. So Brianna was four. I believe, and Andrew was two. He's not looking. You'll see him in a different picture. But he, he's uh, two there because they turned five and three when we arrived out here. So we had just graduated. At this point, you can put that one down. Um, just put the Andover Christian Center back up. So at this point, and a lot of you guys have heard some of the story, but we're going to go through some of the things because not everybody has. And just sh share some of that and show you some pictures. But... Um, at this point, we already knew that we were coming out here. We moved out here about a month, a little over a month later. We moved out to Andover, Mass. And we were, um, you know, people always ask us, it ends up being, you know, uh, when you talk about being in Andover, when they find out we're from, I'm from Nebraska, and then Shelly's from, you know, she she's born in South Africa, grew up in California, and then Missouri. When they find that out, they look at us and go, so how did you end up here? <laughs> Always, you have family, whatever. And so I'll try to give you the abbreviated version of some of that. But at this point, we already knew we were going to come out here. And we were just telling somebody, we met with somebody, uh, we are talking to somebody the other day, and that was their question. And, uh, you know, how'd you go out? And, of course, you know, th these people were Christians. And they were like, so I assume it was God. You know, what, but, but how? And... Um, you know, so the, you know, a lot of you know that, that story, but we'll just go through a little bit of it. We'll go through it, but try to make it somewhat short. Um, really, when we, you know, like I said, I was going through uh, second-year pastors, and when we went down, I'll back up a little bit, when we went down to Rama, before that, we were serving in a church in Lincoln, Nebraska called Abundant Life Family Church, and... Um, 
when I started going there, I was in college and I was going to school for uh, computer engineering. And um, I was in my senior year when I started going there. And I just got involved in whatever. First, uh, you know, I uh, asked me to greet and um, and they asked me to play the keyboard one service and asked me to help with the youth, asked me to clean the church, did all those things, you know, just did whatever uh, I could to help. And was going through that, that time there, and um, I know I, I had a sense that I wanted to go to, to, to study, um, you know, Bible school or something, but I had just, I was just getting out of high or college. And so I, I was just starting my career. And so I went to get acquainted with Rama weekend. They used to call it it's a college weekend in the spring of 1997. And um, with somebody, they were, a, a couple from our church was going. And they asked me if I wanted to go along. I said, sure. And we went down and it was, uh, I don't know if they did anything on Thursday night or was it just Friday and Saturday? I think Friday and Saturday and then you left Sunday. And, you know, there was times where they'd show you the campus. You could take a tour. You could hear about it. Uh, they had prayer nights at that point. Didn't know Shelley, but the, they had the Raymond Singers and Band sing on uh, Friday night, and they had Keith Moore playing and singing. I remember on Saturday night they had just a time of prayer, and Keith Moore, if you know who Reverend Keith Moore is, pastors a couple churches, a Bible teacher used to teach at Rama. He's just playing on the piano and singing, and people are just walking around RMA there just, just praying, and I'm just praying. And at one point I'm just watching him play the piano. He's just, just right over there. That, about that far, and um, just praying, and I just, I just sense I, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm just, I'm just in this church helping. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. That you know, I believe I'll go at some point, but now's not the point. And so I went back home. And this other couple said that yeah, we're all in. We're going. And I was like, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and I just helped with the church, and uh, got involved in my job, and and just kept doing that. And uh, just grew as I was in the church. You know, they they asked me to do different things. Eventually, I became the music minister of the church, and eventually started singing. I never, you know, I could sing, but I never sang in front of people. Was petrified to do that. Did not want to do that. But I started singing. You know, I was p picking the songs, leading, and just uh, eventually they asked me to preach. Pastor uh, Gill was going out of town. He's like, Hey, you you preach? Never preached before in my life. And uh, preached, and it was just, I'd never done it, but it was like a natural thing. And, um, and he started asking me to preach, you know, multiple times and, and ongoing. And then eventually I, I got married to Shelly. Well, Shelly came on, and um, she sang backup for me. I did. <laughs> you know, when I, I was the praise and worship leader, they didn't go like, oh, we have a Raymond Singer's band come in. Oh, she, they didn't flip everything over. I led from the piano. I sang led, did the band and everything, and she sang. Uh, she she was one of the other vocalists, and we just served in the church and you know did the young marrieds. We were over that. We were Shelley did the young single ladies. She'd have a bunch of 18, 19, 20 year old ladies come out, and we'd have people over at her church. You know the the marrieds, uh, young marrieds, they'd come and and we'd help. I went on a youth. This is before I was married. Went on a youth trip. Took them. To see a rock band, a, a Christian rock band in Omaha, I took a van of young, you know, kids up there, 
somebody else's van, one of the parents let me use their van and went up there and we saw a concert. Did that once. Um, but I just did whatever they asked me to do. And then Shelly, when she came along, we did whatever we, they asked us to do. And, um, and then in 2002, the end of 2002, we were uh, at a district meeting, like, you know, RMAI, the thing that we're, we're, we serve as district directors now for our Rama Ministerial Association International for Ministers. Well, my pastors were going to one down in Kansas, and it was Nebraska and Kansas. And, uh, you know, you could bring leaders just like we, we tell people they can bring leaders. And so we went. And um, I remember specifically there was a couple uh, that had been pastoring a long time, pretty large church in Kansas. We sat right next to them, and the, the, the speaker was a, a minister at Rhema. We got to talk to this, this couple. Shelly knew them from before some, but got to, to talk to them. And uh, they just poured into us and just talked to them. And as we were, and then we were listening to the, the, the minister talk. And at that point, it just dropped into us about going to Rhema like this is the time. And we were staying in a hotel that night, and we got back to the room and stayed up till, I don't know, 1, 2 in the morning just talking about it, that I think we're supposed to go. And at that point, Shelly had used to live there and come back, and she said, I, I believe I'm ready to go back. I'm ready to go back now. She wasn't ready before that. So we, we started, we sat on it for a while. There's some other things that went on. But in January we may, of that next year, of 2003, we made the decision to go. And so uh, that we were going to be going, let our pastor know, gave, you know, we weren't going to be going until June. And so we went and, uh, in June and, and went to Rhema. And then as we went through, you know, this is some of the earlier story and some of the other stuff we'll, we'll touch on. But uh, when we went, then we didn't know what we would do. We were like, Should we, we're going, we'll see what we do second year, which group we're going to be in. Um, we're just going to do whatever, to help out however we can. Well, by the end of the first year, we were like, now we, we believe we're supposed to be going in the pastor's group. You know, people go down there, and it used to be everybody thinks they're an evangelist. Everybody thinks they're an itinerant. They're going to go be out, you know, the next Billy Graham or whatever. And we were like, we believe we're pastors. So we started, we went in the pastor's group. Well, as we're going through that second year then, we're determining what, where are we going to go? Are we going to, you know, we thought maybe we'll take over a church in Missouri or somewhere around here. You know, we just didn't, we were like, what are we going to, or we'll go help somebody. We're willing to go help. It's not like we wanted to be the pastors. We no. didn't, we had, we did not want to be the pastors. Exactly. We would be happy not to just do pastors. whatever, but we, we didn't, we didn't want to stay in Tulsa either. And some people uh, are called to be in Tulsa and to help Raymond or help the Hagans, and they're called. And there's people that have been there for, 40 years, more, 50 years almost, um, helping. And, but we were like, unless we're called, we don't want to be there. So, so we go, I go on a missions trip the end of the year, of, uh, of the end of the school year. Two, spring 2005, I go on a missions trip to um, the Philippines. And part of that was when I came back, and that's what the guy said, Pastor Paul Chase, on the last night we had a dinner. And he told us and said, you guys, you're, you guys have so much word in you. You've been poured into for these years because you're almost, you're hemorrhaging the word just coming out of you. He said, unless God specifically calls you to Tulsa, get out of Tulsa and go preach somewhere. Go help, go do something. I mean, that's ringing in my head as I go back to, to back home. 
And so, but also another thing, I, I had never put on the table being a missionary. Like, you know, when you think about what you're going to do, that's not something we talked about, like coming down to, to Rama. It was never like, well, they have the missions. Let's consider it. Never. It was all the other ones. And so I just, we just put it on the table. Well, if you would want us to be missionaries anywhere, when we came back from Philippines, that's on the table. Not saying I want to. I just got back. Nine days was enough for me with the food and everything. It was good food, but by then I just wanted American cheeseburger. Seriously, I think we went to Burger King or something pretty quick after I got back. <laughs> but I was like, God, you got to put everything on the table, whatever you want me to do, because it's not my plan. It's your plan. And so we were praying. And so this, you know, many of you have heard that, that account, but I was praying one night. So I'm in a church pioneering class as well that spring. And I'm in my bedroom, a spare bedroom we had, praying and um, I just, I had my eyes closed, and I, I don't know if you call it a vision or, or what it was. This is what I perceived, though. I, per, I saw a map of the United States, and what I perceived as a light glowing over north of Boston. Now, if you were to look at a map of the United States, New England is very small, and to, to, to pick out north of Boston is really small, but I'm just telling you what I perceived when I was seeing was just a, a glow coming over north of Boston. Never been out to, the, the Mass, to Massachusetts, to the northeast. Don't know a single soul, anything. And it's just ringing like the Boston area in me. And I thought, you know, my, my, my sister, my brother-in-law was doing his medical residency up in South Burlington for mom. Like, well, maybe it's somewhere. I was like, no, there's something right there. But I just sat on it, didn't say anything to Shelly for a few days. And then finally, I'm just thinking about Boston, different things, but not saying this is the Lord or anything. And then finally talked to her and just say, hey, Shelly, you know, because we have been talking about different places. What are we going to do? You know, Missouri something. And I said, what do you think about? And we had talked about starting a church, although it was like, how would you even do that? I'm in a church pioneering class, but I'm like, how, how do you really do that? And I said, what, did, what would you think about the Boston area? And she said, no way. <laughs> no way. We didn't have friends. And we I said, I'm not saying family. thus saith the Lord, but I just said that. It was her. like, what? Why would he send us there? Because, you know, how we couldn't even figure out how we would start a church in a place that we knew people. Yeah. How are you going to start a church in a place where you've never even set your feet there before? And so we're like, I, I'm like, I just don't think that could be God. <laughs> and I wasn't telling her it was God. I said, first thing I said was, I'm not saying thus saith the Lord. I'm just saying I'm bouncing it off you. And that's, guys, if you're married... Be very careful about telling your spouse, thus saith the Lord, before you talk to him. God can speak to them. You do not want it to be that you're trying to force something because you it's a joint thing. You are one flesh. And it's her life just as much as mine. So I said, well, I'm just we're talking about it. And I, we just went on. The, 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 the more we went on, I think we took another week off in May and just were praying, trying to pray every night. The more we prayed, the worse it got. It was just like trudging through mud. It's like we're trying, because we don't want to be left in Tulsa. I'm going in the fall. To, we want to know God. Nothing. We went through the, into the, to the summer, and it's just like we're getting pressure. And whenever you feel pressure, it's not God. God's not pressuring you. God will lead you by peace. So we're going and we're feeling pressure. And we go into camp meeting. Of course, Shelly knew a number of people. Um, 
ministers from just traveling the RSMB, and there's one gentleman who's still around today, great minister. Uh, he's on the front row, and I'm coming back across the, st- I don't know, I've been talking to somebody else, and crap, back across that auditorium, and Shelly's talking to this couple, but I didn't know him, so, you know, come to shake his hand, and I reach out, and he reaches his hand, and he just held my hand, and he started to say, and you are hearing my voice. God is speaking to you, and you're hearing him, but just relax. You'll know more as you need to, and it was a supernatural thing. He didn't know me, and it was it just it was a word of knowledge. It was a word of wisdom, yeah. and it put us. We were so at peace. Then, like yeah. it, it just it was supernatural. Put us at peace. Like okay, we're just gonna keep going. Yeah, we we just saw him not too long ago, and you know told him the story. Do you remember that you <laughs> did that remember. to us? And he's like, no. <laughs> I wouldn't think he would. Because I don't but. remember that. Like, well, we do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then we went through the rest of the summer, go into the fall, and we're just seeking. I remember, uh, well, I won't show that part, but we went into the fall and then go start start class. And again, you know, we're just, okay, what are we doing going in the fall? We're, we're starting doing all the, the pastoral stuff. So then we're up one night, not up, but we were praying one night, one Friday night praying together. And so then I went to sleep. And so what I would do, I, you know, I would, I would, I was a contract software engineer. So I would go to school, go to Raymond in the morning. And then in the afternoon, I would uh, come home and work at my computer. And then on Saturday mornings as well. And then Sunday was, we were serving all day and doing everything. So on Saturday morning, I would go out. So from my perspective, I went to sleep on Friday night and I then Saturday morning, go out to my computer, turn on the computer, you know, big CRT monitor, no flat screen, anything, just <laughs> big computer. Um, and there is Google Maps up, or maybe it was Yahoo Maps, it was some maps, but it's a, it had Andover up, you had different housing listings about Andover, Massachusetts, and I look at it, and it is like right in the middle of that glow I saw. And so I went to Shelly, and I said, Shelly, what is this? I said, this is right, that whatever Andover is, it's right in the middle of that glow. I said, what is this? And so. You want to tell it from your perspective then? Yeah, so he, he went to sleep, and I sometimes um, I just would have trouble going to sleep, so I'm like, I'm just going to continue to pray. So I'm in the guest room, and I'm just praying, and all of a sudden the word Andover comes into my head, and I'm like, well, I wonder if there's an Andover in Massachusetts. And so I go, and I look it up, and I start looking at everything. I start, you know, like... I'm seeing the housing prices. I'm like, this is crazy. Now they probably look cheap. But. <laughs> yeah, but uh, just going, looking at everything, and um, on the inside, it was like, I, I think we're supposed to go here. And so, you know, it's six months after he first said Boston, but I guess in the background, God was, you know, working on me to be like, okay, I'll go wherever, even if I can't figure it out with my head. And when I'm looking at the computer, I definitely couldn't figure it out in my head how we were going to be able to do this. But uh, they had, I they had this choral group and all these different things. And I'm looking at it. And I'm like, you know, I I have training in music. I'm like, well, maybe I'll go and I'll sing in that group or do some. You know, they just had different things. I'm, but the more that I looked, the more I was like, I, I think this is probably it. And uh, then I went to bed, and then he had to So go. then I came out and saw that. So I said, well, 
she told me what had happened. And then I said, well, I know one thing. I know enough about God to know if it's God, it'll get stronger. If it's not God, it'll drop off and it'll grow weak. If it's just, you know, excitement or what we thought or it's what we ate or anything, it will, it will die. It'll die away. And that's a good thing to keep in mind. If it's really God, think about it. If it is God's plan for your life, he's not going to turn it off tomorrow. If you're sensitive to him, you don't have to act immediately. He's not, he's never, he, God's never in a hurry. Brother Hagin, I remember him saying that. Uh, on, uh, I think it's the, what, don't be, what's the, the don't be anxious or whatever that, cast your cares. Cast your cares. I, he talks about that. He goes, one thing you know, you know, you know, you learn something about somebody when you walk with them for a while. And he goes, one thing I learned about God, he doesn't ever get in a hurry. And he said, you know, when you, when you see people that, oh, we got to have it done yesterday, go, go, go. He goes, they're probably, he goes, they're about 70% in the flesh, 30%, maybe 30% faith, because a lot of them give out. They die young. And he said, God doesn't ever get in a hurry. And so God will lead you by peace. And if it's God today, it'll be God tomorrow. You're not going to miss God. If people say, well, there's a window, it's closing. God will deal with you early enough that you'll, you'll be in the right place. If he needs to deal with you earlier, he'll deal with you earlier. You don't have to be like, it's not a sale that's going to go off next week. <laughs> you realize those are motivated to, mo they're, they're there to motivate you to buy. That's the way man does it. God's not like, he's not like, no, you know, you answer it by next week or you're out. Now, he'll deal with you. And so we knew that, and so we just stayed quiet. And that was in doc. That was in October. And I said, here's another thing. I said, we're just sharing from our heart on some of these things. But um, I went to, you know, they had prayer in the morning. They had prayer before school and didn't always go to that, but I was going to that and just prayer in uh, RMA there. And I pray, and I had a journal, journaled quite a bit at that, that point. And I, I was thinking about it, and I was like, it was just rolling around in my head, the, the housing prices and where we were financially. You know, we just got into Rama. We bought a house in Oklahoma, sold, everything, you know, sold our house in Nebraska, bought a house in Oklahoma. We're going to sell that uh, before we left. But the housing prices are so different. We were looking at what we could get for what we had. Couldn't even touch it. And, you know, they start thinking, well, if I would have done this differently and I would have done that differently, my finances would have been different. Maybe and now I don't. And I looked at it and I wrote in my journal, I said, even if I hadn't made any financial, if I'd done everything perfect financially, I still wouldn't have been able to, to afford this. It's got to be God. <laughs> if it's him, he'll pay for it. And I wrote that down. I have it. I have that journal sitting on my, uh, in my library in our office right now. And just that, no, God, we're, if God's leading, if it's his plan, then he'll do it. So we just sat on it for those few months, and it just got stronger and stronger. And so then in January, we decided, all right, either we're crazy or this is God, and we need to know which one it is. <laughs> so we packed up our two kids, and uh, Andrew and Brianna, and we flew out here in the middle of January from Tulsa. We drove up to Kansas City because the, the, the tickets were a lot cheaper for what we needed to do. Drove them up to Kansas City, flew out here, and stayed. I think we flew out here on a Thursday and went back like on Sunday. 
and just got a sense of the area. Just we're, We did that to look at what's going on in the inside. What Because your spirit will bear witness with his spirit, or he'll, he'll bear witness with your spirit what the will of God is. So when you're you geographically just set our foot in the area, what is, what is our heart saying? Should we be here? Should we be somewhere else? What, what are we supposed to be doing? And we would come to Andover, and it was just like seemed good. We'd go to, we were like, well, there's a North Andover. we go there, nothing. Go to Methuen, go Tuxbury, nothing. We just, we just spent time oh, driving nice. around the, the um, and we didn't do any demographics. We did not select it by demographics. People would be like, well, you selected a good place, Andover. We did not know Andover from anything else. We saw the prices, but we were not like, well, let's, I had to do demographics later for a project, but that's not how we made the decision. And people were like, well, you sure selected a nice place. That, that, that had nothing to do with why we selected it. And so we just drove around, just got a sense, ate in restaurants, and we're just, just seeing what was going on in here. And so by the time we were done, we were like, no, I believe, I believe this is it. Yeah, and while we were driving around, um, we had two little kids. We had a two-year-old and a four-year-old. And, uh, you know, there, there was a grace on them to sit in a car for several days just as we're driving everywhere. So we, uh, one day we were looking. It's, it's cold. You can't go. There's snow all over the playground, so we couldn't go to an outdoor playground. We're from Tulsa at that point. We don't even have hat and gloves because you don't need them. So, you know, when we're outside, we're running as fast as we can to get into a warm building, you know, because you had to park so far away to get to anything. And so we're just running with our little kids and like, all right, this is really cold. <laughs> but um, we were looking for an indoor playground and uh, we, ha we happened upon the 16 Haverhill Street, which we'll, we'll talk a little, some of you don't even know where 16, that we met in 16 Haverhill Street, but that we were in that building and um, God just put it, uh, you know, there wasn't an indoor playground, but I remembered that place. It just stood out to me. And mind you, we had been in a lot of different places, but for some reason, that place uh, was, you know, stored somewhere in my head, and then when we needed it, we went to that place. So we we got back, and um, we started telling people, um, and we got a lot of reactions. We were talking about this other day with some friends, and you just we got a lot of reactions. Like, so why are you going out there? Why you why why Massachusetts? Do you have family? Is it a job? Is it some other connection. We're like, well, God's leading us. And you have to know when you're following the will of God, you have to know for yourself. You can't go by what other people, even people that mean well. You cannot go by what other people say or what they're, it's not them. You have to know that you're following God and you have to be solid. And, and it was a process. I mean, we, we believe we knew, but you know, when you tell people, it, there's a reverberation that happens and a solidifying that happens over time while we were doing that and, you know, even coming out here. And God had spoken to us very strongly. And when we, when we came out here, we, or when we, we were talking about where we were going to go, we always had it in us. We're doing it for the long haul. We, were, we knew we had seen different things. We were just like, we're not doing it to plateau we're doing it for the long haul, and we're going to go where God has called us to be, and we're going to do it until. 
And that, that's just what we, we were like, if it's 20, 30 years, well, wherever God has called us, we're going with the mindset that that's what we're doing. We're not going to, let's, let's just try to get everything up to this number or, or whatever, uh, just to go through. Because we had heard, I remember one of our, my instructors who was in, at that point, he was one of the guys in the, the alumni uh, office. He would help, you know, they wear multiple hats. The, the instructors are also helping with the alumni and talking to ministers. And he said, we can't get anybody to go to the Northeast. This is in, this was not, this was like second year for, I don't remember it. It was like, I remember who it was, but he said, you know, it's funny. We can't get anybody to go with, to the Northeast. And he said, cause it's cold. And, and in my heart, cause there was nothing. This was way before I was like, I'd go if God called me. I'm like, why, why, why would that stop you? And that was my reaction. But I had heard people say it's, it's hard. It's tough. You know, people call, you, call it a graveyard of churches in Massachusetts. And when we told people, some people were like, what? Well, you're just picking the hardest thing, huh? You just got to do it. I mean, we were like, well, we believe this is what God's called us to do. So you don't call it. You don't do it. You don't go by what it looks like. So we, we got everything ready. Got our house sold. <laughs> Somebody tell me, I put my house on the market. We sold our house in Lincoln and our house in um, Broken Arrow by ourselves. I mean, we sold it for sale by owner. I remember selling that second house. You know, I, I was just saying, I'm putting it on the market and we'll sell it. Not going to take that long and we're going to move out in the summer. And somebody was like, well, I don't want to get in, your, in front of your faith or, you know, get in the way of your faith, but, you know, it might take a little longer. And as it was sitting there, this one day, I remember the pressure got so bad. It was, the pressure was just getting, I was trying to work. And I'm like, we got it advertised here and here. And I had a website. And I'm like, how, we got to be able to sell it and whatever. And we got a phone call that day from this young, young lady. Wanted to come see it. Came over that night, bought it that night, signed the contract. And we were, I don't know how many weeks it was on the market, three, four. It was three. But it was sold. And so we were getting ready to go. So, so we, we, we were moving out here. Um, we're going to show you a video clip of this is now on Shelly's birthday video. There's a, very, there's a brief clip of this, but this is the whole clip of when they sent well, us out. Just a second. We have. Pause it. This is, uh, and then rewind it. This is, past, this is at Rama. And so when people would go out, this, this is how you're supposed to leave a church, okay? This is what, this is what I'm talking about. Now, they, when people would go out, they'd pray for them. And so we, you know, told them we were, we were leaving. And so Mrs. Hagen wasn't there. She was somewhere else. She had to be somewhere else or couldn't be at the service. But they, they uh, call you up and, and they prayed over us. And he sent us out to commission us to go do this. And so this is our home church at this point. So if you can rewind it and play it. Well, we have to pray for a couple that's leaving today. Jim and. Shelly Preston are going to Pioneer Church. I believe it's in Andover, Maine. Massachusetts, okay, I got the wrong deal. Y'all, would y'all come? They have been highly, highly involved in the church. Music and all kinds of other things that they have been highly involved in. Staff, would you come please? And let's pray over Jim and Shelly. The only thing, as we pray over you to send you out, you got to believe God for some people just like you to come and take your place. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jim and Shelly today. Father, I thank you for the anointing of the power of God that has rest upon their lives. 
I thank you that as they go now to follow the will of God for their lives, I thank you that you're preparing the road ahead of them. I thank you for financial miracles coming their way. I thank you, Father, for wisdom and strength and knowledge to know how to do and what to say, when, where. And Father, I thank you that the anointing of the power of God rests upon them. I thank you for the pastoral anointing that we impart to them right now. The anointing of the power of God flows into them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Lift your hands and praise God. Thank God. Well, we have. Amen. Praise God. It is a, it's a precious time. That's, that's who we consider our pastor. Sending out and, and he's laying hands on us to commission us just like they did in the Bible. You know, lay, lay hands on you now to, for what said. And he, he just flows with the Spirit of God. What he was saying, he doesn't do a cookie cutter prayer. Just whatever comes up, somebody will just pray. And so what he was saying, we took that. The things he's saying has happened. And that wasn't, you know, he's just speaking over us. And um, so it was just, that was precious. So he prayed for us. We had graduated. We showed you that picture. He prayed for us. And then we moved out here. Yeah. It was, a, it was just a special time because, you know, um, God... When wherever you are sent, wherever you're supposed to be, you want to be hooked up. You want people yes. to miss you when you leave. You want it to be something where it's felt, where people are like calling you up and saying, we miss you, you know. And so I just want to encourage you, um, you know, wherever, <clears throat> you know, most of you here are definitely hooked up in this church. It, you want to be, you know, you're doing this as under the Lord. We weren't doing it as under Pastor Hagen and Mrs. Hagen. We were doing it because we felt like God had sent us there and we were going to help out in any way that we could. And so that's yeah. what we, that was our heart. And so um, I just want to encourage you guys to, that's the kind of, if you are, if God places you somewhere, you give it your all. You give it your 100% because he is going to grow you. We grew so much in our time there. there mm -hmm. And the things that we got to experience there were things that were imparted into us to come here and be able to do what we're doing now. And so I just encourage you, whatever God <clears throat> is telling you to do, however he's telling you to be yep. hooked up or to get involved, um, you know, to uh, be a part of what he's doing in this area, you know, uh, just say yes. It's worth it. We were able to be, you know, we served heavily in certain areas, very involved. But then through that third-year pastor program, I went into virtually every area and it served at least a little bit. Got to go and see how they did everything in all that different parts of the ministry. And they give you a, a manual and all these different things. But I also say, as she said, you know, you just hook up, but don't ever look at anything as a stepping stone. Don't ever look at where you're at as like, well, I'm doing this now, but then I'll get here. Don't do that. Look, look at it as I'm doing this, and I'm doing it under the Lord, and then let the Lord move you out on, mm -hmm. and then you'll be in the right place. And while we're at this, because we're just gonna, we're we're you know we're telling you a story, but there's things from our story that can help encourage you. 
You know, we had two little kids. We had a two-year-old and a four-year-old at that time. And um, I just want to say, you know, they're graced to do whatever God has told you to do. And so, like I said, we're driving around. We have two little kids in the car. They were in the car a long, long time. There wasn't a playground to take them to. And yet there was a grace, and we just tapped into that. We moved out here, and, you know, they they um, had to come with us. They were our only dream team. We had no adults sign up and say, hey, we want to go with you and, and help you in Massachusetts. You know, there was no one that was just like breaking the door down saying, hey, we think we should go there too. So we came out with just them. And I just want to say, sometimes it's easy to say, I can't do something because I have kids. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Don't use it as a scapegoat. Don't say, I can't go to church because I have kids. You can go to church. You can start a church with kids. You can do whatever God has told you to do. And you don't want to buy into a lie that tells you differently. And so I, I can say from experience, you can do it. You can do it. We've done it. We, you know, we haven't gotten this far, but we started a church and seven weeks later had a baby and we did it. And she was in service, every service, the next service. Yeah. And then 18 months later, we had another baby. And so we had two babies. It was a little bit of a blurry year, you know, for a while. It was a little blurry. There was a lot going on, but I'm just saying God doesn't say, okay, you're in a period of time where I can't use you. Yeah. He will use you through everything. In fact, sometimes you need to be used. When you have little kids that you're just running around after, you need something that you are feeling like God is using you. And so... And we don't say that because we're special or different or no. that to hold us up. We're just saying you, you need to know what God told you to do. And then you, you say, I can do whatever it takes to do that. I can do all and things through Christ. Don't let me. things like, well, I have kids, so I can't stay up late. You need to do whatever God, you can do what it takes to do what God called you to do. I've had people tell me, I can't go to church on Wednesday because I have kids. I'm like, so? Why, why can't you go? And, and I say this not in a way to put any, no. anything down, but just to empower. Yes. Just to empower and say, you know what? You can do this. Mrs. Hagen used to always say, Miss Lynette, she would say she had to um, be in these meetings. And back in the day, they would go to midnight. And then she had to get up and go to school the next day. And she said, you know what? She graduated salutatorian. And so it, just because she had to be out late um, on, you know, on school nights didn't hinder her from being able to be exceptional in her high school. So I, again, I'm saying this to empower. It's not condemnation. It's not anything like that. But it is saying you can. You've got God. If he's telling you to do something, if he's telling us to go out to Massachusetts where we don't have grandparents at the time, we do now, but if we didn't at that time, to nobody got to babysit for us because we didn't have anyone that we knew to babysit for us. We, they had to go everywhere with us, and you know what? They turned out okay. And, and we said if we're going to go out here, we, we're expecting our kids to be okay. And so, you know, we, 
we didn't start youth services until we had our, our youth and then we started but i remember there was you know people that were like they would come and they're like oh our hearts here we want to do that but there's not something for the kids so we're gonna go here we're not getting fed as much but we're gonna go here and if if the marriage is not fed the kids are not going to be okay plus you're telling us that our kids aren't going to be okay because there's not something and I, we, we were just like, no, God is going to take care of us. And it, without a fail, when people do that type of thing and put something, they compromise to put something else first in spite of what they really believe, it never works out well. It doesn't. You can do what God called you to do and be put first things first. And God, God is faithful. Yeah. He'll and, take care of you. And as you, you know, you know, family is really huge to us. We believe in family. And so... Um, your kids will get stuff imparted into them that if you are not, if, if you're in church, if you're doing things, if you're putting that in front of them, they don't know any different but just to serve God. And, I, and um, people can say, well, that's just because you guys are the pastors. And it is not. It is not because if we had still been at Rama, we would have been doing the same things. If we had still been in Nebraska, we would have been doing the same things. And I'm just saying that because your children will take the same priority that you put on Jesus. They will take that priority and put it in their own life. And so if they see you skipping out for any reason, they're going to think that that's more important than what church is or being a part of what God is doing. Yep. And so I just encourage you guys, just uh, to sh I just want to share that with you, that our kids didn't miss out because there weren't a ton of children when they were babies. You know, they didn't miss out on their youth years. And they may have not had just a ton of good Christian friends, especially now Christina and Julia, there's there's a lot more youth, you know, they get to have more friends, but the other two, they didn't miss out because God saw and put into them in spite of what was going on. And so you, I had that to put my faith on, that God has called us, he's brought us here, he wants us here, so he is not going to, I'm not going to lose my kids. My kids, even though they're in school and hearing all sorts of different things, they are not going to go and believe that that's the truth. They're going to believe the word. And uh, so I just want to encourage you, that is what can happen in your families. It's not just uh, for us. It is for every single person because the Bible is truth. So we were out here for a year, and we're just going to run through some of the pictures. We were out here for a year, and then, um, you know, rented a house, got settled, got her, I think Brianna was the only one, she was the only one in school at that point, got the website up, and then we started services in September. And so if you put up, we'll just run through these, the different parts of the, you know, you guys, some of you have seen them, some of you haven't. Uh, so this is the first place we met. It's a, old, it's a big house down in Ballardvale in Andover, and everything above the basement are apartments, but the first floor, I mean, the, the basement was a commercial space, 1,100 feet is commercial space, and so we met there. I think the next one is that's what it mm -hmm. looked like. It used to be all pink, yeah. and, and I painted it when I was just about to have Christina, but I was determined it was not going to be pink. <laughs> It was all pink. It's called Little Lulu's Dog Parlor, and it was pink on the floors, pink on the 
walls. Pink everywhere. So we didn't even need that. <laughs> the, the keyboard had uh, speakers, and then Shelly did not have a amplification because we really didn't need it yeah. uh, at that point. I sing loud. Next one. This is the first service. So the, the kids are goofing off in that picture, but you know, that's, <laughs> that's the picture yeah, we have. So. You, see, you, your kids don't have to be perfect. <laughs> so, yep, that's the first service. Uh, so Andrew's, what, the three and five there now? Yeah. Or maybe they're even older now. Okay, so that's 16 Haverhill. That's where we moved from earlier this year. That's the exterior of the building. This is what that the, the first part of 16 Haverhill looked like. That's that's the um, you know we would just put beginning we had 40 chairs in there and then we were spaced out well you know we spaced them and then we would just add more chairs and bring the spaces in as we went and so then this is 16 Haverhill when we expanded um, re remodeled that's what it looked like right at the beginning. Go to the next one. This is this space, so that's like looking at those windows. You know, that's the, that's the column in there. This is what it used to be a gym here, and the second or the third floor used to be a gym, and so this was all. There's all wood floor underneath here, and you know, um, there was a stairwell over there that went up to the third floor, and um, yeah, there used to be doors and windows in that room back there. And so this is what it looked like. And then that was early on. You know, the drums aren't even in that picture yet. You know, we, that was pretty quick, one of the first services, if not the first service, I don't remember, um, in this building. And then we've seen these pictures, I think, with the banner, but, you know, for the sake of the service. This is the, that's the name of the gym that, that was before here, the best Jew. He's taking it down right So he's now. taking it down there. We were praying for him the whole time. He didn't know if he was going to be able to do it for the top. <laughs> he had this hook and got it over that pole. And it, it did look like he had a little bit of help from God to, for it to go over because he was struggling. He didn't think he was going to. He was like, I don't know if this is a good idea. I was in here with him. He's like, I don't know. And we're like, yes, it is a good idea. It is going to happen. <laughs> he got it done. So praise God. So there's the pictures you know, from the building perspective. Um, I'll read these, you know, because these uh, are relevant today. I'm just going to read a few of these scriptures. Psalm 145, verse 8 and 9. If you can put that up. It says, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies are over all His works. He's good to all. And you know, the, you know our... our, our um, Tagline is sharing the goodness of God, and that is summed up in Jesus. But here it talks about the Lord being good. What, the two scriptures that we had for starting the church, Colossians 1.27, says, To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. So to him, we preach him, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And then 1 Corinthians 2, 4, and 5. My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. 
And so Christ in you, what, all that Jesus is, all that he's bought and paid for in us, and that you make him known to every person, and then you're doing it through the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, not just a business model, not just superficial or natural things, but that. And so there's a lot that we could go over. I think we'll, I think that's good. Um, but that's how, you know, that's, that's how we started. And many of you have heard that. Some of you haven't. Some of there's details uh, that you haven't heard or, you know, the video and different things that just share different little things that maybe people haven't seen. Um, but, you know, like I said at the beginning, 16 years, it seems in some sense like that happened quick. But in some ways, I mean, when I look at Andrew and Brianna and then I look at where they're at, uh, that seems like a long time ago. Yeah. And you guys know what that feels like. And, um, you know, we were talking about this. We, there's a lot of people, you know, like even this morning, there's a lot of people gone. But it's a snapshot of, of who's currently going to church. There are hundreds of people that have come through and gone for a while. And, um, you know, move on, different reasons, some move and everything. There is a, there, there's a lot of people that have been affected and um, that have been a part at different times. Yeah. That, you know, a lot of you wouldn't know. Some people have been here for a while, would know. Some of you wouldn't know. You'd recognize them. Like, if they walked in, some people would be like, hey. And some people like, who's that? That's a visitor. And that's just the nature of a, a congregation. I remember when we celebrated 30 years. No, it was 20 years. We, they celebrated 30, excuse me, 20 years of Rama Bible Church. Rama Bible Church started in 1985. And when we were there, we were in 2005, they were celebrating 20 years, and we went, did a picnic. They have a whole ranch, and everybody uh, on a Saturday went and did a picnic and, and had a good time and all that. But I remember when they asked who was in the first, who was in there? It was inaugural members. Yeah. And it was like <laughs> three couples or something. Yeah. I mean, that auditorium is huge. And you looked, and I remember, because we knew a couple of them were our friends. Yeah. But you looked around, you're like, there's hardly anybody here that was there in a church that big. And, um, you know, sometimes it's like that. You, you keep, you going on, and God has given us a vision that we are, we're in it for the long haul. Yeah. And um, somebody put it like this. One of my friends said that I, he didn't originate it. And then somebody was quoting it to me that didn't originate it either. I don't know where it came from. But they said pastoring a church is kind of like driving a bus. People get on the bus, people get off the bus, but you just keep driving the bus. And uh, God put it in our hearts, and we're excited about where we are now and what yes. we're turning the corner yeah. into. And what we said at the beginning was we just we want to do what God has called us to do for the long haul, and God never put us in a position, and don't let us get out ahead of you where we fall. Yes. I, I don't care how big something is or how much money, I don't want to fall. I don't want to leave a tarnish on my family or for my, dar you know, my darling wife, my kids, bring other people down. And so, Lord, we'll do our best to not get out of, out of add stuff that we can't handle or that are out of line. We want to be fully ready as we're walking your pathway because you see a lot of stuff blip up, but then you see certain things. And thank God for the ministries that go strong over the long haul. Uh, everybody's got to follow um, what they're called to do. Um, 
I lost my train of thought though. There was something I was gonna say. <laughs> but it was I was starting to um Yeah, I, I know that, but there was something I was gonna say with that and then um specifically. But you can go ahead. What do, what do you have? Well, I was going to say, so for us, if we, if we were to um, say who was here for that first service, um, right now it would be Jim and me and Brianna, because Christina wasn't even born, so she, and Julia wasn't born. But, um, so we just had our family and one lady and her son, and they came consistently that first year. Yeah. And then the next, for our first anniversary, we ended oh, up having four adults, and we were so excited. Besides, besides Jim and I, and we were so excited because we quadrupled. We were so excited, and so I am uh, telling you, it'd be <laughs> like if I was looking. I had one person to preach to, and, and she was and, holding Christina. <laughs> and so it, sometimes she would look down and be like, you know, Christina's goo, and she's looking. And I know the lady's just not listening to me now, <laughs> and I'm recording it. <laughs> And I'm putting on the website, so I have I'm keeping talking, and it's it was a challenge. So I, I had one person to look. So I mean, it's not like it reminded me of you know when I when we were in COVID. I you could look at the camera, but if you're looking somewhere else, where are you looking? Yeah. You, you, you know, I mean, there's nobody. I mean, they were some people, but I really wasn't preaching to yeah. them, like you know, my family. So when I had, I could look at you, but I could also look at you and you and you. Oh my gosh. It's landslide. Yeah, I could look at four different places, it was, and if one if one checked out, I could look at the other one. Yeah, amazing. You guys don't know. We see everything up here. You realize when you talk to somebody, when you pick your nose or whatever. No, <laughs> you see everything from up here. When somebody starts to nod off, you see it all. But what I was going to say earlier is that Jesus, he had thirty years of preparation for three years of ministry. And what we want to oftentimes do is we want three years of preparation for 30 years of ministry. And we said, look, we are not going to get caught up in anything. We just want to do, you know, any kind of numbers, anything. Thank God for numbers. But we want to do what God's called us to do. The last thing I would want to do is have any kind of what looks like a success at the, the, the um, price, at the cost of anything that's truly important ever. That's not, that, that equation just doesn't work out me, for me. And so we're excited. I mean, we just feel like we're just, there's certain things we're just totally stepping into and turning the corner of that man. I say all the time, if that would have happened, uh, we're just so thankful that for where we are and just, just, just feel like we're turning the corner in some things and excited about where God has called us. When we got that banner up, I'm telling you, when it, that was not just a check off like on a to-do list. Because there was other stuff, there was stuff behind the scenes that that may have not have happened. And when that happened, we just were like, this is a victory. We were so thankful when that got, I mean, for days, we were just like, it's up. I, we would drive by it multiple times just to see it. Yeah, it was a process to get there. It was. So we just thank, we're just so thankful for where we are, where we're going, for you guys uh, that are here. And... Um, we just give all glory for, to God for anything, all any good that's been done. But where we're going, we just enjoy this snapshot. Like you guys are, are here. We're the 16th anniversary. Where we're going uh, now, we've got some people that are out with different things. But we're just going to have a good time 
just going over and celebrating. We just want to fellowship and just enjoy the time. And just, this is, you know, you, you hear this all the time, but like uh, life is not, it's not a destination. It's, it's a journey where we are right now. It's not a rehearsal for today. This is the one time we get today and tomorrow and this time in your life and this time that we're running a race together, you realize sometime we're going to be in heaven and we're going to look back and say, you remember when we were in that congregation, there doing that. We're going to see very clearly then. We're, I, I think about it all the time, the, the pastors that we had in Lincoln, Nebraska. I mean, there's just different things that we learned, you know, the foundation for our marriage, for our family that I'm so thankful. And we just realized more and more the stuff that we put in place didn't even realize how stabilizing and, and solidifying that stuff was, but we couldn't, couldn't have been doing what we're doing at all without that. And so every time a part of your life is precious, and we're just so thankful to be running with you guys right yes, now, we are. and we're excited, you know, yes, about we where we're going. So, and you know, he was saying that, um, you know, I'm reminded of something that <clears throat> a minister said one time. He was like, "God, you've been so good to me." And I have so much to be thankful for. And, you know, God, why, how, how come? How come I, I am so blessed? How come you've been so good to me? And God told him, because you esteemed what I said. Because you, you put weight on it. Because you, you put it into practice. You took it and you believed it. He goes, I would have done that for all these others, too. But what you guys are doing, you're taking a hold of the word. You're saying, I believe it. It works. You're putting it into your lives. You're putting it into your families. You're putting it into your marriage. You're putting it in at when you're working, when you're, when you're um, starting your businesses, all these different things. Because of what you're doing, you're valuing, you are giving God the opportunity to uh, bless you and to work through you and to use you and to help um, <clears throat> make a difference through you.